Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder that selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is The Author Show. On the Devil's Side of Heaven, written by Roger Peppercorn, is a thriller set in western Colorado. Roger's book addresses the survival of two men hunted by both the bad and the good guys. Roger joins us to tell us more about On the Devil's Side of Heaven. Roger, welcome to the author's show. Thank you. Long-time listener. First-time caller. Roger, will you please give us a quick overview of On the Devil's Side of Heaven? So this is a story that I spent a lot of time trying to... I had a lot of different pieces on this, and so I took a long time to put it all together. But basically what this is, is this is about two lifelong friends who have taken completely different pathways in growing up. They're bound together by a woman, the sister of one, the wife of another. Ronald, one of the main protagonists, he is a uh, semi-retired hitman who uh, prefers to be referred to as a human resource manager. The other main character, his name is Walt. He is uh, kind of a down and out, circle in the drain, ex-cop alcoholic. He's a low-functioning alcoholic, as I refer to him. And there's this particular scene that takes place fairly early on that you learn that ties the two of them together and through just chance circumstances all comes back to haunt them later on down the road. So one has made it made a promise never to kill again and the other one has made a promise to try and get his life back together. And comedy, hilarity and murder and mayhem ensues after that. <laughs> That sounds really interesting. Was there anything in particular that gave you the idea for your storyline? Yeah, a funeral, actually. Went home for a grandmother of mine had passed away some years ago. And while I was at home, I was visiting a friend of mine who lived out in the middle of nowhere. And it's one of those places that as soon as you go out there, your first thought is, is that they're either on the run from something or they're hiding from somewhere. Either way, they pulled the world over their eyes, and they decided not to be part of anything. And your thought is, this is the start of a good book. And so that's the original acorn of how it started. And then I just kind of built from there. The way I write is different than the way maybe a lot of other people do, is is that I'm very scene-oriented. And so I start with one scene, and then I start building to those scenes. So my stories tend to, in my head anyway, tend to bounce around. And it's like I said, it takes me a while to start fitting the pieces together. But typically I I find one scene and then I build to it. It's kind of the the arc of the story. And then I wind up taking it from there. And that's kind of how I wound up doing it on this one. While writing on the devil's side of heaven, were you thinking of a specific type or age of reader? Uh, A funny story. Uh, So, yeah, I was writing mostly for men, dudes, probably 18 to 45. The funny thing is, is that the demos have come in, you know, post-sales. I've got more women readers than I do men readers. So I, I yeah, uh, I, I mentor, I'm not really sure where that correlation comes from, but 
that's how it's turned out. So, and I get a lot, most of my fan reader feedback comes from women too. Well, that can't be all bad. So tell me, do you model your characters after real people or are they merely figments of your imagination? They are a combination of both. There's a character in the story. His name is Barry Davis. He's actually modeled after a friend of mine that I've known for years. The character of Ronald is kind of a hodgepodge of, you know, four or five different people that I know. And the character of Walt is kind of the same thing. Several different people who went into making everything from characters that I've seen in other platforms to people that I, I actually know to, in some cases, just some people that I've run across in my trap. Tell me, will any of your characters return to us at a sequel or maybe even a series? Yes. Very topical question, as a matter of fact. My next book that I'm working on right now is called The Sometimes Long Road Home. It takes place about 18 months to two years after the conclusion of On the Devil's Side of Heaven. And we pick it up where it left off. And you've got characters in two completely different places where they started in the first book. The funny thing is about my characters is I like the idea of having each one of them starting on opposite ends of a moral spectrum. You have a hitman and you have a lawman, which is pretty far apart. But as the story progresses, because of promises that they've made to others and just to themselves, you see them marching towards kind of that, the, the center line of morality. And then when we get, then they, they, they pass one another. And so that was a lot of fun in watching them, almost like a, a tug of war with one another is, the, is they're constantly marching toward one another. And then, like I said, when you get to the end of the book, you know, now we're at completely opposite ends. And that was a lot of fun. And when we pick it up in the sometimes long ride home, you find them basically kind of where we left them off at. And then it's a different type of arc. It's not meant to return them back to where they're at in the first book. It's that their moral march towards one another is completely different. Roger, when you were a child, did you write stories and did you dream about being an author? Yeah. English was my worst <laughs> subject in school. I failed miserably. I, I failed writing. I failed grammar all the way through school. When I was in high school, my girlfriend used to write my papers just because I, I just, I hated the, the thought of uh, grammar in particular and spelling and punctuation and all of that. So I've always been a storyteller, more of, you know, just telling stories out loud. But the thought of writing a story never really started to take hold until I was much later in life and probably like a lot of other authors I took a stab at, at writing different things off and on over the years and this was a book that I spent probably two years researching it took me about 10 months to write it and then another year or so of editing it until I got to the point where I was ready to submit it and then another 18 months of going through the publishing process so a lot of time invested in getting this first book Really hoping the next books after this have a significantly shorter time frame. I would think so. So if you were to compare your book with any other, what would that other book be? Nelson DeMille has got a character, the John Tory series, and it's just kind of snarky and snappy one-liners and that. And then I like James Lee Burke. He's probably my favorite author of all time. And all of his books are excruciatingly 
detailed when the way that he sets the table in the scene. And I've always really liked that combined with some really heavy dialogue in all of his books. Uh, and any other I would have to probably go with would be Dave Barry, the Florida series, where he's just got these wacky characters and some really weird storylines. This book here, in my writing style, is kind of a mashup of all three of them. Do you add a lot of humor to your stories? I do. There is a significant amount of laughter and brevity in all of the scenes. I, You know, when you write a book that is about crime fiction, to me, it has to be authentic. It's got to be real. Um, if you're watching The Sopranos, if they talk like the Queen's English throughout this, it wouldn't be believable, nor would it be authentic. And so the characters that I write, they're, they're deeply flawed. I'm not in favor of having um, omnipotent heroes like the Jack Reachers. I'm just not in favor of those. I like my characters that are just very deeply flawed, very troubled, making decisions for the right reasons, for the wrong reasons. A lot of my characters are, are very relatable, even though they do some pretty deplorable things when it comes to murder and mayhem. But it's the interaction between all of the characters, because these are lifelong childhood friends, and Jessica is a, um, the sister of one, Walt, and the wife of the other, Ronald. And she ties the two of them together. And so that dynamic of growing up through childhood growing up through hard economic times and you know everybody's got relatives and they've got friends that that take very divergent paths from where they were at when they were children so i like that about my characters is they're they're just they're deeply flawed and yes they they do some pretty horrific things to others in the name of justice but in the end you kind of wipe all of that away it's a, all of the characters are you know, pretty deeply layered. Your book is set in Western Colorado. Is the picture on your book cover an actual photo of the area? Oh, I'd have to go back and ask my publisher. I can't take any credit for that. Wallace Publishing is the one that put that cover together. I'm very proud of it. It turned out really, really well. It could be maybe any landscape of the mountain arenas around Western Colorado, but they take full credit for that. I just was in awe to see it. I was very happy the way that it turned out. I'm curious about your book title, On the Devil's Side of Heaven. How did you come up with that title? Originally, it was going to be Three Minutes Past Midnight, because that was the opening line of the first chapter. I did really, really like that. And then um, I, I just, writing a scene, there's a particular scene about Walt being in a bar, and he gets off the phone with his sister, and they just have had a fight and he looks down and he looks and he sees a bumper sticker that's on the top of a bar and that's how it came up on the devil side of heaven comes from a bumper sticker that i made up in a chapter just came to me interesting so tell me is there a moral of the story in the devil side of heaven no thank god no there's <laughs> not i'm not teaching any lessons i am not in any way, am I am I going to give you um, a lesson in any way? It is this book is just meant to be fun, just a fun, fast thriller that you could just sit down, particularly in a time that we've got now, and just enjoy it. Just get lost in the story and have a few laughs around the way. It's the only reason why that I wrote. I didn't write it to teach anybody a lesson. You know, I kind of like that. 
that, that's refreshing for a change. So now I need to ask, will you please read a short excerpt from On the Devil's Side of Heaven for our listeners? Yes, I will. This is going to be chapter 11. When I um, submitted this to Wallace Publishing, this was the chapter that I, I sent to her as, as a bona fides of my writing, and this is what landed me my contract. When I left Florida this morning, the temperature was in the mid-80s and balmy, without a cloud in the sky. But now I'm in Denver waiting for my connection to Grand Junction, and the sky is overcast. There's snow on the ground, and everyone but me is wearing a coat. I try and put up a good front, and I'm pretty sure everyone sees through my facade. The money Ronald had wired had shown up the following morning, which is a nice way to greet the day. And $10,000 in your bank account will make you very happy. After I bought an airline ticket, I am now down at Grand. It is the thing with the same day flying. If you want a ticket, then you get ready to pony up the cash because it's going to cost you a lot to fly. Thankfully, I'm a veteran of the air wars and know the routine. I would have used miles for this trip, but my ex-wife had already spent those. So now I'm reduced to using my own money for travel. Or I mean, Ronald's money. I feel a little slimy for using it. And I confess, when I was booking the flight, I was wondering how many people had to go through the way of the Gipper for him to have that much money lying about. I am consoled by the fact that I do know for certain there's a gentleman from Florida who gave all for his trip. Or at least, that's what I tell myself. And I'm sure that at least part of this money was from the Charlie Shannon hit. For once, I don't have to worry about paying for the cheapest fare, so I go whole hog in my first class from Florida to Denver. It was worth every penny. And the free booze I had along the way, it didn't hurt either. I reflect back to that what Ronald said about using the money for booze or drugs. Since I have used it for an airline ticket, and there was booze being served free of charge, and I really wasn't using the money for booze. Like what I like to call a win-win. Sadly, the two-hour mark has passed, and the flight attendant has decided that I had hit my limit and was cut off. I do what all good drunks do. I passed out and I slept the rest of the way to Denver. But now I'm in Denver waiting for my connection. The booze for the flight has worn off, and I'm in need of another nap. But this will have to wait because at any minute I'll be boarding my flight to Grand Junction. There's a lull in the traffic when I feel my phone vibrate on my hip. This time I check the caller ID and see it's Ronald. I don't really feel like going 15 rounds with him, so I let it go to voicemail. He calls back. I let that go to voicemail. The third time he calls, I answer. I'm boarding a flight, so can it wait another hour, I said. You're just now boarding, Ronald asked me. We are. So what can I do for you? Or can this really just wait for another 60 minutes, I asked. Just so you know, your sister has left and is headed to Florida to see your ex and your kids, Ronald replies deadpan. Whoa, what do you mean she's headed to Florida? She decided it would be best to set this one out until we had some answers, and I can assure her our house won't be subjected to target practice. Ah, rickets, I said loudly. Well, that's cute. When did you pick that up, Ronald asked sarcastically. Pick what up? The rickets remark. When did you of all people start using made-up words in place of good old-fashioned cursing? Really? Just asking, don't get your panties in a wad, Ronald says. Ronald, why are you really calling me, I ask him. Just thought I'd let you know and maybe see if you were still on my, on time. <laughs> I love that excerpt, Roger. So tell me, where can we learn more about you and where can we purchase On the Devil's Side of Heaven? Well, of course, I'm on all the social media platforms, so I'm easy to find there. You can find my book uh, on my website, which is on the Devil's Side of Heaven book. Com. 
there are links on there for all the major retailers that you can purchase it through. We've been talking with Roger Peppercorn, author of On the Devil's Side of Heaven. Roger, it has been fun talking with you today. Thank you so much for sharing On the Devil's Side of Heaven with us. And I really do hope that you'll come back again when you release your next book. Thank you. Every good book has at least one good review, and here's one for On the Devil's Side of Heaven. Great storyline with awesome character development. I had a hard time putting this book down. I recommend it to anyone who enjoys a good adventure combined with a little love story. Well, I hope that served as an incentive for you to go to on the devilsideofheavenbook.com and purchase your copy today. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with our author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time on theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major platforms such as Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.